On today's episode of Hooks and Hoops, yes, Hooks and Hoops presented by Two Legit Sports here on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen. Two Legit Sports is expanding. We are adding more shows and therefore my show is called Hooks and Hoops. We're focused on basketball, boxing, MMA, and anything combat sports, anything on the hardwood. Of course, I'll be leading some opening rants with some with some current events like Adam Gase looking coked out on his pre-workout. Before his New York Jets meeting, that was something to see. I was uh, I was just in awe of his eyes. But uh, yes, welcome to Hooks and Hoops. And on today's show, we're talking, of course, UFC on ESPN, the first card on ESPN Plus. Pacquiao Broner, Amir Converse, Bud Crawford, and Tyron Woodley. And on the hoop side, oh man, there's so much. We gotta talk Kyrie and the Celtics. Harden playing out of his mind with Capella nowhere to be found. We got to talk about the Lakers with the lack of shooting. Steph, my guy, still getting no respect on his name. Trade deadline stuff. And, of course, we almost had a brouhaha with Yusuf Nurkic and Iman Shumpert. So much hooks, so much hoops. Before we drop the beat, I want to thank our presenting sponsors. First off, Lampbarrel.com. Go check out their gear. Keep yourself warm. They got every type of accessory you can think of. Make sure you go to Lampbarrel.com. And tell them too legit, Hooks and Hoops sent you. And folks, we got a SeatGeek affiliate. If you haven't used a SeatGeek code yet to get your discount, go to SeatGeek.com slash Hooks and Hoops. Yes, we got some sponsors. The podcast is growing. The listeners are growing. Our YouTube channel is blowing up. The Instagram is blowing up. It's actually getting more popular than the audio portion, which seems to me to say, I don't even know if that's even English, seems to me that... Y'all like the video, uh, the video uh, production as well. So thank you everyone for watching on those platforms uh, and supporting Hooks and Hoops, especially my mama. Big shout out to the mama of Hooks and Hoops. I appreciate all the support and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. And I think we need some new music uh, to, to, to coincide with the Hooks and Hoops. So let's drop this beat and let's get back into it. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this party started here on Hooks and Hoops. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. We got all the content you'd ever need ringside and courtside and cage side. That's a lot of prepositions, but it's preparing me. Because UFC on ESPN Plus is this weekend, and the flyweight championship of the world is on the line, ladies and gentlemen. TJ Dillashaw is coming down in weight, and he's facing Henry Cejudo, who beat Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in a decision. I can't believe it still happened. Cejudo got the W. He recovered immensely from his two losses in 2016. He lost to Benavides and Mighty Mouse. He's bounced back, and he won the title. And of course, you know TJ Dillashaw, he's gotten into his wars with Cody Garbrandt, those two street fights, and ended in knockout fashion. Good for TJ Dillashaw. Seems like a good guy. Great fighter training out here in Orange County. I cannot wait for this fight. Can you hear it in my voice? Can you see it in my eyes, ladies and gentlemen? This is a big fight. I'm glad it's on ESPN+. Plus. It's free streaming. They want to they start off the streaming with a bang. Donald Cerrone's on the card. And he's fighting on the ESPN uh, prelims. He's the main event of the prelims. And, of course, we got Rachel Ostovich on the card. I think Greg Hardy as well is on the card. So we got all kinds of craziness right now. Of course, I'm taking Greg Hardy. He hits like a truck. I don't know how he is as a human being, but he hits like a truck. And Rachel Ostovich, 
has a piece of shit husband, and I hope she wins because she got she was dealing with the domestic violence. I hope she comes out strong and wins. And I think she's fighting uh, Paige Van Zandt, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to be a hell of a fight. I'll take Ostevich in that fight. I think she's a better fighter right now. And Paige, Paige, is, Paige can do it all. I mean, Paige can act, dance, and fight. So there's a heart, there's a place in my heart for PVZ. But I'm taking Race to Ostevich in that fight. Back to the main event of the evening. The championship fight. Champion versus champion. A champ champ possibly. Henry Cejudo, ladies and gentlemen, won an Olympic gold medal. And he won a UFC championship. This guy is... A blue chipper. He is an, a supreme athlete. He's faced the best of the best in wrestling. And he's faced the best of the best in flyweight. TJ Dillashaw is coming down weight. He's trying to lose weight right now. He's trying to lose another 10 pounds to get down to 125. And if you see a photo of TJ Dillashaw, I think I can see his pancreas. He looks like Skeletor and he does not look good in the face. But he is a professional and he finds ways to make the weight. He's a professional. He'll figure it out. He'll get down to 125. So Hudo looks jacked. He spent all that championship money on and reinvested it in himself with strength coaches and training. He looks like uh, he looks like he's ready to tear somebody in half. I think it's going to be a great fight in the end. I always take the bigger man. TJ Dillashaw is three inches taller, has a three-inch reach advantage. But that weight cut, I don't know how it's going to affect TJ. Especially with Cejudo likes to take the fight down to the ground, likes to drag it out into the later rounds. This is where I think Cejudo has the advantage. He cannot trade and try to brawl with TJ Dillashaw. If it start, if he gets it to round three, to round four, that's that's more in Cejudo's favor. In the end, I'm going to take, this is going to be the upset right here. I'm going to take TJ Dillashaw, the champ champ. I think TJ Dillashaw has had tougher opponents. I believe TJ Dillashaw's fight IQ is through the roof. He knows how to conserve his energy. He knows where his weak spots are. He knows where his strengths are. He knows where Cejudo is at all times. Cejudo is still young, although he's a vet. He's fought everybody. He's fought Benavides. He's fought Mighty Mouse twice. You know, he's 13-2. and two. He's an animal. And I really hope Cejudo wins. There's a part of me that wants Cejudo to win. Because if Cejudo loses, the flyweight division is probably going away. But if Cejudo wins, the flyweights more than likely stay. That is what is at stake, ladies and gentlemen. TJ Dillashaw wins, in my opinion. I hope he finishes him because Cejudo has proven to get caught. But man, he got caught up in that Mighty Mouse fight and he learned how to recover. He recovered. He's got that belief. I just think it's going to be a great fight. Stylistically, this is a great fight, especially with TJ coming down in weight. I'm a little worried that he's talking about going up to 145 already and fighting Max Holloway. He's got to get through this Olympic gold medalist first. He's got to get through... Henry Cejudo, and, and TJ Dillashaw has been knocked out by a flyweight in the past. The X factor is definitely going to be the speed of Cejudo and the angles of Cejudo. Flyweight is much faster. They're more technically sound. That's why there's less knockouts, the speed and the, and, the, and, the, and the technical work. It's unbelievable. When Dillashaw comes in a little wide and he throws heavy, heavy shots that take a lot of gas out and he's going for a knockout. And if you look at the fight with Dominic Cruz... Angles and movement gave him trouble. The fight with John, Tots, John Dodson, rather, where he got he got slept. The angles and the speed and the power, he never saw it. So that's going to be Cejudo's advantage if he can use the speed. He he was an amateur boxer before even getting in a, into MMA. He got into three years of amateur boxing. So he's got experience in all sorts of things. I'm not saying amateur boxing makes you, uh, makes you Floyd Mayweather or anything, but he has that pedigree. And TJ Dillashaw has the MMA kickboxing uh, background. In the end, I'm going to go with TJ Dillashaw. We also have a big boxing match this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. The Pac-Man, Manny Pacquiao. Yes, the, the, the eight-division world champion, the pride of the Philippines, the senator of the Philippines, and the future president of the Philippines. Manny Pacquiao is coming back stateside, ladies and gentlemen. 
for the first time in what, two or three years, he was fighting in China and Australia and China and Japan and Dubai. He was fighting all over the place, anywhere but the U.S. to build up the Pacquiao name. And, you know, he's very popular overseas. People will pay to watch Manny Pacquiao. And Pacquiao is now back in the States. He signed a new deal with Al Heyman and PBC with Leonard Elby and all this. This, this is a great thing for Manny Pacquiao, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to have big fights down the road. Obviously, he wants to have that fight with Floyd Mayweather again. I don't want to see that because I think it's going to be the same thing. I think Floyd Mayweather beats him on points, wins nine rounds, and it's a snooze fest because Floyd just counterpunches him to death and wins nine rounds. Sorry, Pacquiao fans, but let's focus on this fight. This Saturday night, live at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, where he's facing the problem. Two-division world champion, Adrian Broner. Now, Adrian Broner is hilarious. He is just a funny guy to watch. He's clowning. It's, this, this is billed as the king versus the joker, and he's a funny guy. He's a perfect opponent for Manny Pacquiao right now. He's an undersized 147. He, he truly is best at 140 and 135. When, when Broner was so disciplined and in shape, when he was fighting at 135, 140, he was a world beater. He let his hands go. The power was there. It was awesome to see. Once Adrian Broner said, you know what? I got this rapper money. I'm going to go on tour with Rick Ross, the boss. I'm going to fight at 147 so I don't have to work that hard. Maybe he does work that hard. He's, maybe his body. Maybe I'm wrong. He can correct me as, as quickly as he wants. But he was the best at 140. He fights at 147. Now, all his fights at 147 have been no bueno, man. Malinagiai, he could have lost. The fight against Grenados, he could have lost. His fight against Maidana, he lost pretty badly. He lost to Mikey Garcia, lost to Sean Porter. Anything at 147 is no good for AB. Luckily for Manny Pacquiao, this fight is at the 147 welterweight limit. I wish Adrian Broner will let his hands go. For some reason, he shells up, and the second he gets hit, he doesn't throw enough punches, man. That's been his biggest weakness in 147 in all his major fights he just does not throw enough punches and Manny Pacquiao throws punches in bunches a style that is tailor-made to win on points and in the end I'm taking Manny Pacquiao to beat Adrian Broner on points I think Manny Pacquiao could knock out Adrian Broner but I believe Adrian Broner will shell up and turtle up and and will take the decision loss I don't he does not throw enough Damian Lillard agrees with me of the Trailblazers he's got to let those hands go okay He's got to let those hands go, A.B. Put, put some pressure on him. I listened to the trainer in the, in the press conferences and in the, in the, in pre-fight interviews, and he's kind of hinting that, look, we're just going to be a counter-punching all night. We're just going to try to wait for Pacquiao to fall into it, kind of like what Juan Manuel Marquez was doing. But Juan Manuel Marquez is an incredible counter-puncher, much better counter-puncher than Adrian Broner, and just threw a lot more punches as well. In the end, I'm taking Manny Pacquiao on points. He will win a unanimous decision. AB will go on an incredible fight rant saying that you'll still watch me no matter how many times I lose. And yeah, probably Adrian Broner will fight the loser of Spence and Garcia. Meanwhile, Manny Pacquiao will probably fight the winner of Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia. There's a lot of fights for him uh, at PBC and Al Heyman, so I can't wait to see that. On the rest of the card, I think Badu Jack is fighting on that card. I'm a big Badu Jack guy. I think he's a great fighter, a fun middleweight to watch. I believe he's fighting a, an undefeated man. That's going to be a tough fight for him. I wish him all the best. I'll pick Badu Jack. I don't know the odds, but I'll pick Badu Jack to win that fight because, uh, yeah, nice guy. You can't, you know, gamble and, and think that it's going to be the winning play. You got to be able to play through the full 48 minutes no matter what's going on and hold your head high when you make mistakes. And, you know, when, you're, when your job is called upon, you got to do it to the best of your ability. You got to come in and make an impact for the minutes that you're playing out there. You gotta appreciate being out there and just competing.
you know, and it doesn't matter who you're going against. It, it, it matters the type of preparation you have, what you're going out and uh, trying to accomplish. What's the big picture? What are we doing here? These are a lot of things that I don't think that um, some of my teammates have faced of just every single day. It's not easy to be great. Let's talk hoops because Kyrie Irving and the Celtics are heading for a divorce, ladies and gentlemen. So let me take it all the way back because this is about a three-part story here. Let's take it back to the Boston Celtics and the Orlando Magic. Down two in the huddle, Brad Steven draws up a play for Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum, which I believe the option was to give it to Al Horford and to hand off to Kyrie Irving for a quick shot now that we're looking at it after. But look, if you see Kyrie Irving on the bench, once Brad Stevens draws up the play, he looks disgusted. He looks shocked, and he cannot believe that that is going to be the actual play to win the game on the road or to tie it and send it into overtime. So the play happens, and Kyrie Irving is just not happy that Gordon Hayward gave it to Jason Tatum for that uh, contested fadeaway in the corner. Kyrie Irving was looking like LeBron the way LeBron was looking at J.R. Smith in game one of the finals. Just in shock. Why did you not throw it to this guy? You should have gave me the ball, blah, blah, blah. That's... I think Kyrie Irving took it personal that he thinks that Gordon Haywood and Jason Tatum are the best players on the team when, in Kyrie's mind, he is the number one option. And it sucks to say this, and it sucks that Kyrie Irving is the last to find out that this is Jason Tatum's team. And Brad, Steven, Brad Stevens loves Gordon Hayward. So Kyrie has definitely got to feel like the odd man out. And he let it be known in the post-fight, in the post-fight, in the post-game, rather, saying that these young guys do not know how to win, how to be on a championship level. They don't know what they need. And I'm sure the young guys like us young guys are saying, well, you need LeBron first off, Kyrie. Don't be coming at us like that. Jalen Brown is probably in the back of his head saying, look, I've been here for two years and we've gone to two straight Eastern Conference finals without you. We went to game seven against the Cavaliers without you. So this is, I'm sure this caused a little hubbub, a little to-do. And you figured, you know what? The, t the players are going to bounce back. The players are going to respond to this in Brooklyn of all places. Brooklyn who's been a laughingstock, who, who are pretty good actually this year. And no, they got blown out by the Brooklyn Nets. They got manhandled for three quarters. And I mean, you know, the score lies. It got to about seven. It was like 109, 102. Uh, the game was never that close. The crowd started trolling, chanting Kyrie's leaving. That's hilarious because he probably is going to leave, but not to the Nets. He'll probably go to the Knicks. And look, I love how Kyrie Irving was back. He was backtracking a little bit before the game. He's like, you know, I'm an emotional guy, yada, yada, which he is. It all depends on the wins and the loss. Like, that's that's the Kyrie you're going to get. He's an emotional guy, and he just he wants to win. Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are made for each other, folks. This has to happen. Pair up Kyrie and Jimmy with the Nets. Pair up Kyrie and Jimmy on the Knicks. Pair up Kyrie, Jimmy, and Kevin Durant, because I want to see Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant go at it. Those are just two personalities that I have to see coincide in the Big Apple. But back to this game, the Celtics, are they in trouble? They were supposed to win 67 games. I believe a trade is going to happen. They got to shake it up, ladies and gentlemen. Terry Rozier is definitely frustrated. This is a contract year for Terry Rozier. And Gordon Hayward is, looks just a little slow, but he's coming back. He's getting into that shape. He's getting trying to get back on that balance. And Brad Stevens gets a lot of credit for his coaching. And I think people are, are kind of firing at Brad Stevens right now, which I don't know why. He's a great coach, and people want to oust Brad Stevens because Kyrie is not happy. I don't get it, ladies and gentlemen. I think the Celtics will be okay. But look, I think it's going to be a disappointing season for the Celtics in the postseason. Although they had a lot of success in the postseason, they just—they don't look like—they don't look like they like playing with each other. And I forgot to mention when Marcus Morris—it's either Markeith or Marcus—the Morris twin got it, pushed Jalen Brown in the huddle, and Gordon Hayward looked like he—I don't want none of this—and Kyrie Irving looked up at the sky like, "Why, God? Why am I here dealing with this with this tomfoolery?" 
And uh, as a Lakers fan, I am so happy that the Celtics are playing bad and that there's a trade probably coming and Kyrie Irving is more than likely leaving to the big Apple. I expect a Terry Rozier trade with some picks. Maybe Dennis Smith Jr. comes into the mix, but the Celtics got to do something. They're the fifth seed right now in the East and they just got too many players. They got, they got way too many players. They could even explore an Anthony Davis trade possibly, but I don't know. What are the Celtics going to do uh, right now? They're going to make a trade. What do you think is going to happen? Leave some comments below on YouTube and Instagram. And uh, yes, let us know what's happening to the Celtics. We got to talk about James Harden because Clint Capella went down. Clint Capella, the center of the Rockets, right thumb injury, torn ligament damage, all that bad stuff. He's out for four to six weeks. So that means James Harden has, has going to have to go into God mode, which he did against the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies are the most inconsistent team and the most frustrating team in the NBA. One, one week, they look like they could be a top four seed. The next week, they look like a lottery team. Marcus Gasol hates everyone on his team. You can see when he pushed Joe Kim Noah out of the way for a high five. He just doesn't want to high five anybody. He's just being an angry man. And, you know, it would not, be, it would not surprise me if he was traded at the deadline. His trade value is at an all-time low. And it's, he's probably a better value right now than Nikola Vucevic. But Vucevic should be on the trade block. But let me talk back to Harden. I'm already rambling. I'm so excited right now on Hooks and Hoops. Let's talk about James Harden. 17 straight games in a row with 30 points, right? This guy is playing out of his mind. He dropped 57 last night on him. He had 36 at the half. James Harden is playing out of his mind. He wants that second MVP. And ladies and gentlemen, this is his MVP week. Because he, had, he dropped the 57. I believe he has another primetime game this week. And then Saturday... He plays the Lakers on primetime. So, this is, this is tailor-made for James Harden to win the second MVP. I do have Giannis ahead of him and Nikola Jokic ahead of him. But, look, James Harden wants that second MVP. He feels like he was robbed of MVP in the past. I think he had, what, two second-place finishes or three second-place finishes and one MVP. Harden is out of his mind. He's the new Kobe. He's just shooting. He's cra If you took away his twos, he's still averaging like 28 points a game. He goes to the line... More than teams. I think he's gone to the free throw line more than five teams combined. I know the Lakers and the Thunder. He's gone, He's drawn more three-point fouls than the Lakers and the Thunder combined. I believe the Spurs are in there as well. And I think the Timberwolves. And I forgot the fifth team. But James Harden just gets those buckets, man. You got to respect his game. You may not like it, but you got to respect it. And he's had the highlight games this year. You know what I'm saying? He's, had, he's broken Jamal Murray in half. And then shot it over him and then got the three-point play. He completely disrespected the Warriors and led that team into overtime and shot it over Clay and Dre. And now he's just dropping 50-point games. He's dropping 50, 60-point games on 30% shooting. F it. Do what you got to do. Get your buckets, James Harden. And I'm all, all aboard the Beard bus. I, the, there's a Brate bus with all my Yugos with Doncic, Vucevic, Boban, Nikola Jokic, Bogdan Bogdanovic, uh, Belyka, Bielka, I think is his name. I can't even pronounce that name. Then we got the Beard bus. I'm on the Beard bus as well. Big Harden guy. Keep doing your thing. And, man, he's, he has to because to, to keep that team in the playoffs, look, if you lose three games in the West, if you lose three in a row in the West, you're probably the 10th seed. But if you win three in a row in the West, you'll probably have home court advantage. And the West is super tight. I believe it's from three to 10. It's just a five-game separation. Tonight, the Lakers are going to play the Bulls, ladies and gentlemen. And this is, they got to win this game. Okay, the Lakers have to win this game. They lost to the Knicks earlier in the year. They got just no passion against the, the Cavaliers. Like, I don't know what the deal is. They're just waiting on LeBron. And look, I can't blame Luke Walton. Originally, I wanted to blame Luke Walton for all this mess. And he probably will get his head cut off because, look, they're not going to fire Magic, Rob, 
or LeBron, okay? So somebody's going to have to take the fall. David Blatt did it. Tyron Lue did it. Uh, Spolster almost did it. it, it it's, it's bound to happen with a LeBron-led team. And how can we be mad at a team that has no shooters and they're bad at shooting? Like, there's no shooters on this team. And you know what even pisses me off more is the Lakers don't even have a shooting coach on staff. KCP had to go and hire a lethal shooter on his own. Why do the Lakers not have a shooting coach? The Lakers are shooting 60% from the free throw line. This is crazy. Like, somebody wake up. Somebody get some Silicon Valley people in there. Get us, get us out of the 80s with this 80s squad. Get a shooting coach in there. Bump up the analytics. And I, I don't get it. Because, and our player development is not good. I'm sorry to say this. I'm a Lakers fan. But it's clear as day that the player development is not strong. Let's look at D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn. Kenny Atkinson of Brooklyn is known for his player development. Look at D'Lo. He dropped 34 last night. You can make a case he's an all-star in the East. Julius Randle in New Orleans. Flourishing. Double-double guy. Strong. But now you look at the Lakers. The way they're trying to develop Brandon Ingram. They're trying to make him do stuff he's not comfortable with. He, they're trying to make him this, 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 this star. This Durant bomb ball ISO guy who can create his own shot. That's not what he did at Duke. That's not what he's good at. That's not what he's known. Catch and shoot should be the number one thing he's working on, in my opinion. And off ball, being the secondary guy. Running the lane with Lonzo. And Lonzo's great, but he just doesn't have the engagement in some games. Some days he's on, some days he's off. He, when he engages on defense, the team is great. They need the energy. And I understand that Rondo's out. I understand LeBron's out. But come on. You can't beat the Cavs, the worst team in the East. They got fucking seven wins. They don't beat anybody. They're trying to lose. They're trying to get Zion. And you have no passion for three, three and eight, three and seven eighths quarters. And you and you, you know it's it's crazy. If I'm a Lakers fan, I went to that game, I demand a refund. Uh, those fans are paying a premium. They're paying probably 200 bucks minimum to get into the building. And you go on and put on that pitiful performance. You got Rob Link in the back just looking down like, golly, who the heck am I gonna trade? Will somebody take KCP? And KCP is probably gonna get moved. Golly, this is all gonna lead to Carmelo Anthony coming in. And uh, look, if the Lakers lose tonight, somebody's in serious trouble. The Lakers have to beat the Bulls tonight. They're trying to lose. We're losing the teams that are trying to lose. You know how pitiful that is? If they come out again with no passion, I think that's a team effort. The group text is blowing up like, let's get this guy out of here, blah, 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 blah. We don't like what's going on. Somebody move in Mark Jackson. That's what, that's what they're trying to say right now. Because look, we all know Mark Jackson is a clutch sports client. And he's probably going to leave the booth and go coach the Lakers for his defense and blah, 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 and the Warriors, blah, blah, blah. He knows the Warriors and all this other stuff. That's what they're probably thinking. I hope not. I love Luke Walton. I hope he makes it to the end of the year. And I think he will because Jeannie loves him some Luke Walton, okay? She has faith in Luke, and she would have to – she's in a battle right now between her love of Magic and Rob and her faith in, in Luke Walton. So it's, it's a pretty interesting situation, folks. I hope the Lakers win. I'll take the Lakers winning. But look, knowing, that knowing the Lakers, Zach Levine will go off. And he'll score 45 points. Because if you come out with that pitiful effort, go watch the tape. They're just old. They're playing the old late defense all night against Colin Sexton. You know, if you let Rodney Hood go off on you, you deserve to lose. If you let Seti Osman make you turn you to a pretzel, you deserve to lose. We almost had another brouhaha in the uh, in the NBA. Iman Shumper, who I didn't even know was still on an NBA roster, uh, but it turns out he's playing very good for the Sacramento Kings. He's putting up points. He could be a trade ship. Uh at the deadline, Iman Shumper putting up points. Good for Iman Shumper. Good for Tiana Taylor. I'm glad you're in the league. NBA champion, Iman Shumper. He almost got in a fight with Yusuf Nurkic. He did not appreciate Yusuf Nurkic's screen and using his shoulder. It escalated to a point where Iman Shumper was waiting outside the Portland Trailblazers locker room to have a grown man conversation with Yusuf Nurkic. Now, those are his words, not mine. 
And usually when somebody says we're going to have a grown man conversation, that leads to fisticuffs. And look, Yusuf Nurkic has about 85 pounds and 8 inches on Iman Shumpert. I would take Yusuf Nurkic on the fight. They call him the Bosnian Beast. Look, man, this guy grew up with landmines around his house, okay? If you know the history of Bosnia, you know there's so many active landmines on the streets and sidewalks. He's not afraid of Iman Shumpert. Yusuf Nurkic is really from a serious hood. And Iman Shumpert, man, look, uh, I know you're in the rap videos. Like, you know, I don't want to quote the Clemson guy who did the Suge Knight, but look, I would take Yusuf Nurkic in that fight. Not a big favorite, but I would slightly favor Yusuf Nurkic in that fight. Be a good, it'd be a good matchup, though. I, I would like to see Iman Shumpert. He doesn't, he doesn't back down from anybody. That's his MO. Nevertheless... Portland couldn't get the W. Back-to-back -to -back tough losses on the road. They'll, they'll look to bounce back, and I hope the Blazers make a move. There's Kevin Love is going to be out there pretty soon. I think the Blazers need to make one more move to have some contention in the West. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings, they keep surprising, man. They're a fun team to watch. They're probably better than the Lakers without LeBron at this point. I had a buddy say that Sacramento Kings are basically the Lakers without LeBron. No, man. The Sacramento Kings are, are really good. De'Aaron Fox is a really good player. I can imagine them with Doncic. They would be blowing people out of the garden, man, or the garden, the Golden One Center, rather. I think they're going to make a move. Willie Kalmastan is a restricted free agent. They're probably going to put him on the move. And look, Nikola Vucevic would probably be great in Sacramento. Robin Lopez would be great in Sacramento. But keep on keeping on, Kings. The uh, Good for them for being relevant. And I just thought it was funny how Vladi Divox hosted a conference call with the minority owners of the Kings. And basically yelled at him to say, shut up and stop leaking stories. I don't get it, man. This is so dysfunctional. Why are minority owners leaking stories about the majority owner and the management? I don't really... Th that is... Can you buy them out? Like, that is the dumbest thing. Only the Sacramento Kings would have those issues. Like, it's ridiculous. It's like they want to be the Lakers and have TMZ tabloids. Doesn't make any sense to me. And that's all I'm going to talk about about the, uh, about the Sacramento Queens, as Shaq would say. We haven't given any love to Anthony Davis. He dropped 46 and 16 last night. He is leading his team back into the playoff picture, man. This guy is an animal. He's definitely going to be an all-star, but he's not getting the love in the small market and doing what he does. Look, the Pelicans beat the Clippers last night, and they look great when Alfred Payton plays. When Alfred Payton is Alfred Payton is healthy on the court, I think they're nine and one or something. Their pace is through the roof. They just need to be healthy, and they'll be fine. They should make a trade. They should try and look and try to get a J.R. Smith. They need somebody to spread the floor a little bit for New Orleans. Nikola Miritich is working his way back in, um, but he is struggling. I like the Pelicans, but they need to make one more move. And they got to do something for Anthony Davis. They got to pull the trigger on a big move. Do they try and go after Bradley Beal? Do they go after another type of shooter? I don't know. Leave some comments below, but the Pelicans are going to have to make a move because LeBron and the ESPN media are all in right now on trying to force that trade. To the Lakers, and I'm one of the firm believers. I'm one of the, I'm the only Lakers fan that probably believes he's not going to go to the Lakers. You're not going to trade him in within the Western Conference. It's not going to happen. Like this is not NBA 2K19. I think he's going to the Celtics or the Knicks personally. And if I was Milwaukee, I'd go for it. And maybe Miami will get in the mix right now. Maybe maybe Philadelphia is like, ah, you know what? What if we give you Jimmy Butler and three first round picks? I don't know, something like that. They shouldn't trade Ben Simmons, but look, Anthony Davis is too good. Uh, they're, they're less than 500 right now. I think they went the playoffs, but they got to make one more move. Let's talk trade deadline because today a lot of people became trade eligible. Guys like Marcus Smart, guys like Rodney Hood, uh, Nikola Jokic, Yusuf Nurkic, all those guys aren't going to go anywhere. Maybe Nurkic, man, if you pull off an all-timer. Um, but a lot of guys became available. Marcus Smart, Nikola Vucevic is, gonna, is mentioned. Robin Lopez is mentioned. Look, there is going to be a big move 
I feel like Vucevic should go, but he's not getting the value that they want. He's 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 affordable right now. He's he's uh, expiring deal. I look at teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings to make a move to get that push. We got to look at teams that have to make that push. I think Utah is definitely going to make a move. But names that I, I think are going to be moved, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Robin Lopez is, is trying to get the heck out of there. He's causing fights now with practice. I'd be more mad that Jim Boylan got a contract extension than I would be not getting traded because Jim Boylan got a pay raise and a contract extension after losing by 34. Like, this is unbelievable. What is going on with ownerships in the NBA? Dennis Smith Jr. would look great for the Boston Celtics. He'd look great on the Orlando Magic if they if they have to make a move. Dennis Smith Jr. for Nikola Vucevic? I mean, it depends what they want. Do they have DeAndre Jordan? A lot of trade deadline speculation. There's going to be a lot of moves, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of frustrated teams. A lot of teams who are going to sell. Uh, I expect Phoenix to get heavily involved as well in the Dennis Smith Jr. sweepstakes. They just need a point guard. They need a point guard for three years now, and they're not going anywhere, so it'd be, it'd be even more hilarious. Just a team of frustrated young guys not going anywhere. And that's today's Hooks and Hoops presented by me, Alex Fernandez, on Apple Podcasts. We'll be having a big-time guest coming on later this week, if I have a schedule or maybe next week. But we're having a big guest coming up soon. Cannot wait for him to come on the podcast and talk New York basketball, talk some gaming Talk all this stuff. I don't want to say his name. He's going to be a surprise. He's an old buddy of mine. He was He's dying to get on the show, and I appreciate it. Folks, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and subscribe again. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and Instagram, Hooks and Andy Hoops. Hooks and Hoops everywhere. Just Google it, baby. We're popping up. Once again, my name is Alex Fernandez. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Hooks and Hoops. Should we drop a beat? What kind of beat should we drop? Oscar, drop the beat. Ha 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 